0: Each and every week, I'm gonna help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. We have a special guest today and I am so excited to dig in with him. Um, so first of all, who is this? This is Mike Smirklow. And he, is, he lives between Ohio and Jackson, Wyoming. So if you're anywhere close to there, keep your eye out for a Mr. Smirklow. And you could say hi. But he is an entrepreneur, and investor, and he's driven by the desire to turn ideas into reality. He's also an author, and he has a book that we're going to really dive deep into the concept and everything today. And it's called Mr. Monkey and Me. And to kick it off, I want you guys to hear from him as much as possible. So first of all, Mike, tell us a little bit about you. Who are we talking to? And then let's dig right into your book and the concept and all of that stuff.
2: Yeah, great. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I love the podcast. It's such a great topic, and it's one of the reasons I wrote the book because it doesn't get talked about much. But I love what you're doing, so thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, so I'm a. I grew up in Ohio. I don't. I used to live in Ohio, so I've escaped Ohio. But I'm, I go between Austin and Jackson. Oh, Austin. Um, but yeah, yeah. I no, no. <laughs> but no, it's 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 so good because it's it really speaks to why I wrote the book and and all that stuff we'll get into. But I grew up in a pretty crappy environment in Ohio. I was the first person in my family to go to college. I grew up around. Disease, divorce, alcoholism, all those things that tend to put a a negative cast on your head. Didn't have a lot of role models, struggled my way. Um, Went to Miami Ohio for undergrad. Then I got my first job in public accounting of all things. One of those jobs where you walk in and within about eh, 14 hours, I went, I don't want to (laughs) do the rest of my life, Uh, but it was good. I I learned the, yeah, exactly. Oh, (laughs) oh, crap for sure. But I learned the fundamentals of business. Then I went to work for Wall Street, uh, another job that just sucked the life soul out of me, but also taught me a lot. Uh, taught me a lot about spreadsheets. Uh, then I got my MBA at Northwestern, and then I moved out to Silicon Valley in the late 90s. Okay. And from there, I started to move into my first steps into entrepreneurship. I ran, a, I bought a business, ran it for a long time, and then started a venture capital firm about five years ago called Next Coast Ventures in Austin, Texas.
0: That's awesome. So I love that I love that you kind of started from the ground up, like you literally have been through it all. You saw what you didn't want to continue, and then you kind of went the opposite direction. Lots of people let that let that be their story. Their story becomes their future because they don't change it. So props to you for, for doing that. So tell us a little bit more about your book.
2: Yeah, so I wrote this book, and I've been, so I was really fortunate. Early in my career, I got to work with amazing entrepreneurs in the Valley, in Silicon Valley, then I started my own journey. I ran a business. I took it from nothing through a publicly traded business. Um, I, I start when I bought the business. I had thirty employees. When I retired, I had over three thousand.
0: That's amazing. Um, and
2: it was great success. But man, I screwed up so many things. I mean, I did so many dumb things along the way. And now, having invested in well over fifty companies at Next Coast Ventures, I started to see this consistency, which is there's no content really around the mental aspect of entrepreneurship. Most of the stuff out there, and I, that's why I love your podcast, as we mentioned before we started, I love what you're talking about because it's specific and actionable. Yeah. But most of, the, most of the content out there says, here's what Elon Musk does before breakfast. <laughs> the blank. I, I don't know, I'm trying to say cuss words. But, you know, he, of course, is the richest man in the world. Um, he's been incredibly successful. So what he does before 5 a.m. helps almost nobody. Right. Uh, Or there's the very specific, Hey, go write a business plan. And that's tactical and specific and helpful, but there was nothing really speaking to the mental aspect of entrepreneurship. Uh, And that's why I wrote the book.
0: Yeah. And when, and I was, when I was researching your, your book and learning more about you, that's what I loved. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, he focuses on all the things that I'm passionate about. Like this is the stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's entrepreneurship, it doesn't matter if it's motherhood, if it's in your marriage, like this is the stuff that is the core to life period. And I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship though, that I learned. I didn't get into any of this mental stuff or the personal growth stuff or any of just like that core foundation until I stepped into entrepreneurship. Cause that's when it was like smacked in my face. You need to get over some crap if you're ever going to make this work. And so that was a, that was a gift. Cause then I was presented the opportunity to grow and to overcome and to, to work on these things forever, so I love it. Now I need to go get your book and read it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know it's it's so funny, but I th- I think a lot of people go through this. At least I did. Is I you know I did come from a crappy background. Oh well, work work my way through it. That's not the first story. That's that time that story has been told. But I thought if I got to certain levels, the company was a certain size, or I achieved certain levels of financial success, or bought something new watch or whatever it was, that all of this self doubt would roll off. Yeah, and the story. And so Mr. Monkey Me is about the personification of this fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And I hate to, I hate to tell everyone this, but it doesn't go away. At least for me, it never did. No matter what I did achievement wise or success, it didn't go away. And that's really where my curiosity started to think if I know everyone has this voice, so maybe I can help. I'm trying to help myself and help others with it.
0: I love it. So Mr. Monkey and Me, so Mr. Monkey is the voice, right? Mr. Monkey is the negativity, is the is all of that kind of the junk that we have to work through. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 And it's uh, so he's, he's the star of the book, much more interesting character than me for sure. But (laughs) what I, what I really thought about is, and I I see it with the entrepreneurs I work with every day. And again, you know, invest in a lot of entrepreneurs now and, and previous experiences, but I think everyone has a voice. I think how the voice shows up in your head is very different. And I talk about in the book, like it could be an old coach, an old student, maybe a parent, maybe a friend, so-called quote unquote, air quotes, friend who really look for the negatives in you, but whatever right. it is, A, it's different for everybody. Everyone has it, but it's different for everyone and the voices and what it's he or she, in my case, a big hairy male monkey could be any <laughs> character that you choose and any gender you choose, but how that shows up and what he or she says to you is going to be independent or, or dependent on your own situation.
0: Okay. First of all, I love that you literally characterized it because then you're separating it from your identity. So yep. it's no longer Mike's negative voice. It's Mr. Monkey and he's separate and you can, you can differentiate the two. Like, I love that. That's such a visual thing that everyone can do. Um, lots of like in the book, mastering your mean girl. Sometimes you name it. Like sometimes you name your mean girl, you name your mean guy, like the, the yep. negativity so that you can say, that's interesting that you're saying that, like, I appreciate the feedback, but not today. Like I'm not listening today and you, and you can choose to move forward from there. Um, I love that you talked about how you thought when you reached a certain point that you would feel a different way, that the doubts would go away. All of those feelings, the negativity would go away. I, I come across this a lot with my clients, my cl- I'm a health and wellness coach. And so a lot of my clients will have this big goal that they wanna hit. I wanna lose 50 pounds. And when I hit the 50 pounds, I'm gonna feel beautiful. I'm gonna feel empowered. I'm gonna feel, and some of them do, and some of them lose 50 pounds and still feel less than, still feel unworthy, still feel like they're trapped in this body that they don't recognize, even though on the outside, it's all changed. And I think that's when I got clear about what really matters. And I got clear about what is the most important aspect of our health journey is our mental health and our, and our mindset and our wellness. And, and I love that your whole entire book is helping people work through this. Cause I feel like a lot of people too, they feel like once they've overcome it, it goes away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, and it I, I, I was, I was, I was working out this morning, listening to your podcast, you prepared for it. And I'm, I'm literally, you had an amazing guest, um, met several amazing guests on. And I'm like, I, I suck. Like no one's going to listen to my podcast, right? I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, I've started a business. I've took a company public. I've got great fat, blah, 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 blah. But still the monkey's sitting there going, eh, no one's going to, you know, she sounds yeah. awesome. You suck. Right. <laughs> so it's always there. And I do think that yeah. the critical aspect is to, to name for me, at least for naming it, putting it as an image, much like you talked about in the mean girl. And I think i love to talk about entrepreneurship and I think it shows up in entrepreneurship all the time, but putting it there at least puts it in a bucket. And then some practical tools in the book, the shape methodology to try and say, okay, now that I see what it is, how can I start to overcome it?
0: I love that. So, so let's dig into the shape method. Tell us more about that.
2: Yeah. So what, what I did was, and again, if, when you read the book, you'll see that it's not a, this is not a memoir and geez, I did everything great. It's more cringeworthy stories of, of dumb things I did.
0: That's the but, best way to learn though. Yeah, it <laughs> That's really the best is. best
2: way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I tell the story about the first time I had to hire a sales executive, um, I hired unbeknownst to me at the time, a raging Coke addict. And so oh, you know, no. for, for entrepreneurs out there, one piece of advice I give you is don't hire Coke addicts. They're like no. they, they a lot of energy, but they don't really, they're not very reliable. But oh, no. you know things like that where you go, oh, what the hell did I do? <laughs> uh, but so I came up with the shape methodology. The five letters, the acronym is for self-awareness, help, authenticity, persistence, and expectations. And you talk a lot about it in your podcast. But it's not necessarily a Maslow hierarchy of needs, but it, it tends to fall that way. And that I find for myself and others, the more self-aware you are, the more that enables you get help, which is what you do, um, and then it allows you to be an authentic leader. You're able to develop a persistent mindset and then you have the right expectations. So it kind of builds upon itself. And then each chapter I give very specific, specific uh, fortified what I call monkey minders, things to help you try and get those attributes a little more in your
0: life. I love it. I love it. So you really dig into some tangible stuff. Like, okay, now we know what's going on. Now let's, let's do something with it.
2: Yeah. For example, like, and it was great. Cause I, I do think what you do and I would encourage any entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur to think about how you get help. So self-awareness, what are you good at? What are you not good at? That's kind of the cornerstone. But I talk about in the book where I had, um, I went down, I was struggling with the hiring a set of sales. I assumed when I was growing my business that I would just go hire this magical, quote, unquote, again, air quotes, head of sales. And he or she would come in and solve all my problems. (laughs) I literally fired four head of sales in four years. And my board of directors was starting to look like, "Hmm, maybe the problem isn't the head of sales. Maybe it's Mike. And so I drove down um, to this. I was very fortunate. There's a legendary coach in Silicon Valley, who's no longer no longer with us, named Bill Campbell. And this guy had coached literally Steve Jobs, the founders of Google, the founders of Twitter. So he was the the coach, and that was his nickname. But I went down to this bar in Palo Alto, and I had 30 minutes with him. You kind of had, you know, he just kind of hold court, one beer, move on. Yeah. And I sat down with him, and I'm exhausted, and I think I slammed my beer in like 30 seconds. And he said, you look like crap. And I said, well, thank you, Bill. Good, good to see you too. And he said, what's going on? And I said, I just, I don't know how to do this job and I'm struggling. And he said to me, and this is where the age came from. He said, well, who's giving you help? I, said, I, don't, I don't have time for help. I, I, what do you mean? I don't, I don't have help. And he looked at me yeah. literally and said, Tiger Woods has a coach. Steve Jobs has a coach. The best, pe- Bill Clinton had a coach, right? If you're way back, then, but it's like the best performers in the world have coaches. Yeah. Why in the heck wouldn't Mike Smirklow trying to run this fledging business have a coach? And so there's things like that around just, and then specific ways to get someone like you or the folks that work with you to come in and help and guide you and really help you define your purpose.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's one thing that I'm so passionate about because as many people as I help, if I'm not getting coached and if I'm not getting mentorship, like I can't help them. Like I'm going to run out of of wisdom and, and, and knowledge and experience at some point, if I'm not continuing to grow. And I think that's such a testament to, I mean, anyone it's so, so crucial. I love that.
2: Yeah. And I think entrepreneurs tend to be, at least for my case, they tend to believe they have to have all the answers and that oh, yeah. asking for help is a sign of weakness. I found over time, it took me a long time, but gosh, the more I asked for help, the more authentic, I showed up, the more people wanted to help me. People like to help. That's the short answer, but it doesn't feel, it didn't come natural to me.
0: Yeah. And, and along the lines with help, like having a team, I don't know any successful entrepreneur who doesn't have a team behind them. Absolutely. So sure. You see the one, you see the one face, you see the one brand, you see the one person, but they've got a team of people that are helping them run the show behind the scenes so that the person can show up with energy, with joy, with passion, because they're not doing the accounting and the billing and the. And the marketing and everything else and i feel like that's where a lot of entrepreneurs also fall flat is i did it for years yep i have to do all the things i am the everything in this business and holy crap you will burn yourself out if you do that so
2: very quickly very quickly very
0: quickly i love it okay um is there anything else specific to the book that you want to share i mean you guys, I really like, I'm really excited. I'm going to go out and grab it like the second we get off this, but is there anything else that you want to share specifically from the book that, um, entrepreneurs like, and I know this is one thing that I actually wanted to ask you about. Cause I was looking at your page and you had this quote that says there's only one letter difference between grit and quit. Yeah. And this, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love that because holy crap, that is like polar opposites. You have grit and you get through it or you quit on everything. And then your life will go in two completely different directions. Let's talk about that characteristic specifically when it comes to entrepreneurship.
2: Yeah. And um I, I do have to mention guys forget. So all the proceeds of the book go to a scholarship I set up for diverse and underrepresented entrepreneurs. So anyone who does buy the book, I'm here mm-hmm. to talk about it, but this is not a profit motive. I'm not a public speaker. My day job is a venture <laughs> capitalist. But I really, I emphasize that because if anyone does get interested in buy the book, know that it's going to help. Um, what I think, I think the world needs more entrepreneurs. I think the world desperately need more diversity and, and entrepreneurs coming from underrepresented backgrounds. And that could be gender, that can be color, that can be economic, but I'm, I'm passionate that. about that. Uh, I think it will change the world. Any big problem in the world, I don't I don't distrust the government, but I don't want to leave it to the government or not for profits. I want entrepreneurs to come up and, and solve the problem. So that's the purpose yes. behind it. But to your grit question, I also think that's a, I think some of the things I see in content for entrepreneurs, and I'm going to use a weird term, but I call it entrepreneur porn, um, which is this like clickbait stuff that goes Hey, you know, getting back to that secret of success or seven hacks to grow a business, yeah. um, after a long period of time, I have not found a hack yet. The only hack I've found is it's got to be a good idea. It's got to bring real value, and then you got to work your butt off. And it, yeah. it's just that to that grit point, anybody who comes into this job, and that's the reason I wrote the book is I, I don't want people coming into entrepreneurship. I want to encourage entrepreneurship, but I want you to come in with the right mindset. It's going to be hard. There are going to be amazing ups and amazing downs. And if you're not prepared for that, uh, you're really going to be disappointed. Or to your point, you're going to burn out really quickly.
0: Yeah. And I feel like like entrepreneurship is literally just a personal growth journey wrapped up in a business opportunity. It's like, all right, if you're not willing to grow, then you might as well just quit now because that's what it is. You're going to have to overcome. You're going to have to fail. You're going to have to learn so much along the way. And that's why the most successful people in entrepreneurship, they've just like grown leaps and bounds in life. Like I have friends that I'm like, holy crap, you are not the same person as you were in high school. And what a beautiful thing that is. It's because they've had to push themselves. They've had to overcome. And I think it just gives you that opportunity every single day. But why aren't people willing to do that? Have you found like.
2: Yeah, I, it? oh man, I could, I could go on and on about this of all the dumb things I've done. And, you know, I, I do think one of the reasons I talk about expectations in the book, but just in general is I think I used to have this belief back to like, I also thought if I made enough money, I'd be happy. But I also thought it someday the job would get easier.
0: Yeah.
2: And there's this weird old, um, probably way predates you, but, uh, CCR song called someday never comes. It's kind of a sad song about, a father who never comes back, but that's I don't want to depress listeners this early in the <laughs> podcast. But but anyways, I, I thought about it because I used to go, I had a great mentor, and I was sitting there one day, I don't know, five years in, the business had grown a bunch, and I was like, ha, this just isn't getting easier. Yeah. And this guy who has no idea who CCR is said, Someday never comes. Like there's no, there's no day. Though you'll have good days and, and great days, and you'll have shitty days, excuse me, crappy days. Keep trying to say that. But if you expect that this is going to get easy. Or easier, it doesn't. And I think that gets to your learning point. So if you understand that, all right, this isn't going to get easier, it's going to get different. So if it's going to get different, I have to change my skill set. I have to get more help. I have to modify my approach to it. That's the growth mindset. But it's as everything in the book and in life, it's easier said than done.
0: Yeah, you got to expect it to take longer and to be harder than you actually think it's going to be. But that's, I mean, that's where the growth happens. And I think that's what you just have to understand. You yep. have to understand that when you're up against a wall, that's your opportunity. Like you can jump over it or you can let it continue to stand in your way. Yep. Um, I love it. Managing expectations is like, I just barely did an episode on Trading your expectations for appreciation because then it completely shifts. And so I think managing your expectations and really just understanding what you're up against when you step into the field of entrepreneurship is really something important. And it's not really talked about that much. Yeah.
2: Can I ask a question? How did like? Yeah. Can you t- double click on that? I mean, I'm I'm thrilled by it. I mean, you're in terms of the expectations. Just could you double click on? Thing. Yeah. What, how did you do that? Or how do you? What tricks have you learned?
0: Well, that's a quote from Tony Robbins, actually trade your trade, your expectations for appreciation, your life will change. So I heard that it was recently weeks ago and I had heard it prior, but never really like digested it. Yeah. And once I heard it a few weeks ago, I think I was just at a place actually in motherhood where I was like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm frustrated. Like I'm frustrated because I expect my kids to act a certain way. And when they don't, obviously I'm like, what the crap? I'm frustrated, I'm mad. Da, da, da. Yeah. Whereas if I traded my expectations for just appreciating the stages they're in, appreciating the, the chaos, because it's gonna pass appreciating those moments where I was like trying to get them to go away almost, because yep. it wasn't what I was expecting. Yep. That's where I was like, that is everything because then you look for different things. You look for the joy, you look for the beauty, you look for the peace, you look for the, the fun, the, the giggles. And that's, I mean, obviously in entrepreneurship, it's the same way you expect to be at a certain place. You expect it to look a certain way. You expect to feel a certain way when you reach a goal. And sometimes you just don't, you just don't, it, you don't, it doesn't live up to what you expect. And then you're like. Well, what the crap, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. so if you can shift that and you can trade that, those expectations for appreciation, just being present and appreciating what you have and appreciating what you feel and appreciating what you've experienced, it just completely can shift the perspective and will bring so much more joy and light yeah, and so,
2: energy, you know? So beautiful. I just heard, I was listening to something it was talking about the same a twist on the Tony Robbins quote, but it was more along the lines of there is someone right now that would trade places with you immediately. Yes. And it was just like one of those, wow. Cause I've got four children. And I know the just you know the roller coaster ride that is very similar to entrepreneurship, for like sure. writing a book or whatever. It's like, ah, oh, this is harder than I thought. But <laughs> but, you know, it's really like there just every time I try, if I do some breathing or I meditate and I think, OK, there's someone right now, there's a, a million people that would trade around the world. Think of my people would trade places with you right now. And yeah. for me, that's one of those instant mental tricks that does shift my mind to that. I love that. Um, not as good as I like to be at it, but it, it's so good. And I love that. and Entrepreneurship, you, you, parenthood, whatever it is. Yeah. Day. And
0: you mentioned meditation, like share with us a little bit about your practice that with that, like, how is that a daily practice? Is that something that you implement that you found were just really.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really wild. I really wish. And I write in the book, I apologize for the people that work for me because I should have done it when I was a CEO. I was, um, I'd love to tell you, I was just calm people that work for me. Uh, <laughs> there's a word that that I put in the, uh, I was not a happy person. I was driven <laughs> really brutal person. Um, and so I think I've gotten a little bit calmer as I've gotten older and and certainly not running a business, some of that stress, but, but I found it afterwards and what I do every day, I did this morning, it's about 30 minutes. I do self-guided because I tend, if I don't do self-guided, I drift off and then I'm just daydreaming. Um, but I just have some affirmations and kind of a, a calming voice that I do right away. I get up. I don't do it every day, but probably six days out of the week, I do it. And I find it to have a massive impact on my life. It's one of those things like I think should be taught in schools to children because, at least for me, I don't know what your practice is, but mine is get up right away and then calm and then focus. And I can see at the end of the day, if I didn't do it, I'm like, oh yeah, I skipped over that really basic thing that I told myself I should do. Isn't How about that you? Cool, What's, what though? you yeah, what do yeah. you find?
0: I mean, yeah. And that's what my morning. So I start with 10 minutes of my vision. So like a form of, so I'm listening to myself. It's my revision on loop. And then I read and I, and I pray and I do like the mental side of it and the spiritual side of it. And then I work out. So that's my flow. And oh my gosh, on the days that I miss it, I feel it hardcore. It's just like little things get under my skin faster. It's just like the littlest things. And it's not monumental, but it's like over time, all of that little stuff like makes a huge difference in your life. So if you can find something that is simple, that you can just create and uh, just a rock solid, and doesn't have to be a check the box, do this, do that, do that, but create a feeling in the morning that yep. sets you up to live a purposeful day. I think that's the most important thing. Cause we totally set the tone.
2: Yeah, it's so funny. So I was thinking about that this morning because I did what I was supposed to do this morning, and I was like, "God, I feel great." Like, why is this so hard? But you know, it's like, it's it's either have the discipline or accept the consequences. And yeah. you know, the days when I don't have it, I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's I'm, I'm not my I'm not my best self." So,
0: yep. And I love it. I love it. And I love that the awareness is there too, because you're like, "Oh, yeah. yep, <laughs> <laughs> definitely didn't show up the best I could today. Restart yeah. tomorrow."
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I love it. All right. As I mean, you've been in so many different fields and you have so much experience. What would you say were some of your most valuable lessons? And this is kind of a big question, but are there anything like, is there anything that you can kind of point to that? You're like, man, that was, that was kind of a monumental point where I pivoted or where I learned or anything like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say so many. First of all, and and one, I think, well, I'll call two that come to mind. But one thing I'd say is, getting great mentors and seeking help was probably the biggest thing I did. And I just early on in my life, I was fortunate to to work around some folks, and I've just found reinforce over and over again. I tell myself this: anything I want to do, be a good parent, be a great venture capitalist, you know, whatever it is, somewhere, 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 some uh, one has done what I'm trying to do. And so the more I can seek those folks out and in a very complimentary way, get their input, it has had a massive impact, probably more than I even quantify, could quantify. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I would say the two things I did early on i'm talking about the book, I did a lot of, when I was in college, I was really trying to change the mental loop that was in my head. You know, this, you're a kid from, a poor kid from Toledo, Ohio, you're never going to be anything. And I do think, you mentioned earlier, I think, I do think women probably have that voice more than men uh, or at least they're more acknowledging of it, but I had it um, and it was big. And so I spent a lot of time in college doing, um, I would walk to campus back when they're before the iPhone and I would have headphones on and I was listening to self-help tape and I never told anybody I was embarrassed. I still even I wrote the book, like my fraternity was like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> they thought I was listening to, uh, to music, but I was listening to this and really desperately trying to change the loop. And then when I finally got some attributes, I started writing down what my blessings were, what I I was actually blessed with. That was a really fundamental way for me to say, okay, I can change the, I can reprogram. What's going on in my head is up to me. So that was a big one. And then secondly, I remember early on, someone said to me, uh, not even really a mentor, a boss said, you don't get what you don't ask for. And I wrote that down and I've, I encourage that to entrepreneurs, uh, anyone who's thinking about it. You don't get what you don't ask for. And its I say that to my kids all the time. It doesn't mean to be greedy. It just means if you want something, if you want to meet somebody, if you want to learn something, if you want, raise your hand and ask for it. Now, sometimes with kids, they take that, you know, can I have another treat? You're like, okay, well, very good. You, you're taking my advice to, to bring it to life, not in the way I'd hope. But, yeah. but I do think those two things, one, just realizing that you control your voice um, and then really thinking about uh, who can help you And then, then ask for it. The world opens up in a convincing way.
0: I love those. Yeah. I learned so much from my kids. Like, I feel like one of the things that a lot of the women that I mentor on the business side, they are deathly afraid of rejection. Like that fear is so real. They don't want to be rejected. They don't want to like, they take it personally. It's a, like a personal attack, man, you take my five-year-old to a grocery store, that kid goes for no, about 8 million times. <laughs> yeah. And lo and behold, half the time, I'm like, yes, just put it just in the freaking in the cart. cart. <laughs> Cause I just don't want to deal with yeah, it. Exactly. I'm like, when did we stop doing that? Like yeah. at what, at what point did we stop just asking and asking and asking and asking and yeah. not being afraid of it?
2: It's such a, that's a, such a brilliant cure. I mean, yes, I had the same experience with my kids <laughs> and it's such a great curiosity too. It's like, why, why is that? And what yeah. is it that starts to um, put you in a mindset where I'm just, I don't, I don't want to try new experiences, especially as you get older. Um, you know, I think that's also an aspect of, as you get older, you start to narrow your sphere of influence, who you talk to, who you're following on social media and lo and behold, groupthink emerges. Uh, and that's just a real, a real soul killer.
0: Yeah. I completely agree. Do you have, um, you talked about your sphere of influence. Do you, do you feel like that's made a big difference in your life? Just surrounding your people, you're surrounding yourself with, people who are growing, people who know more, people who are doing more.
2: Yeah, it's it's been unbelievably impactful for me. And it's, you yeah. know, that whole five, I'm sure you're familiar with the five person rule and the people yeah, you spend yeah. time with. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's almost hard to, again, hard to quantify how much it's been helpful. And I've also had a seeking mindset around that. I've never been shy about going and trying to get people to help me or ask people advice. I wrote a blog about how to do that in the right way. I think if you do it with respect, you're precise on your time. Um, I write a bunch of stuff on, on my blog at Mikesmirklowcom trying to, again, more pragmatic stuff, but just how to ask for advice yeah. in a way that is efficient, respectful. Uh, and again, the more you do that, just doors open up. It's shocking.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, is there anything else that you kind of, that you want to chat about or
2: uh, well, no, it's been great. It's really wonderful. So the book again, uh, it does all the proceeds go to charity. Um, it's uh, you can follow so me on cool. on my blog is com. There's actually a quiz there for uh, entrepreneurial readiness to see if you're ready. It's not a pass fail. So it's not like shark tank. <laughs> like what my kids think I do for a living, uh, but it's, it's much more of, Hey, here's some areas around the shape formula that you may want to think about you can check out a free chapter of the book. And uh, again, I'd love it. If anyone, if you do read it, I love the feedback. It's super helpful for me.
0: For sure. Is your book, is it just on your website? Is it on Amazon? It's is on, it on Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's on Amazon uh, on okay. the website. You can just get a free chapter, but yeah, it's all on Amazon.
0: Cool. Yeah. You guys go grab it. There's, I mean, you guys should see my bookshelf. I have a million. And honestly, I built a seven figure income from reading books and learning from other people. Like I, I went to school. I got a degree. I don't use my degree. I've just used experience and, and growth around books and other people doing stuff. So don't ever sell yourself short of where you can grow from, what you can learn, what, what you can implement. And honestly, Mike has been through so much from a business standpoint, from an entrepreneur standpoint, when you can learn from someone who has been through it, it is priceless. Like you get to skip so many kind of steps and you get get to learn from their fails and their trials and missteps and kind of remove those speed bumps from your own journey. So
3: support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
0: any chance that you have to, to learn from someone like that, I highly recommend it. So go grab his book. Um, once again, it's called Mr. Monkey and Me. And if you guys read it, I want to hear your feedback too, because I always love to hear takeaways. Um, Mike, where can they find you on Instagram?
2: Yeah, I'm Mike Smirklow. It's a great last name. Very easy to remember. <laughs> S-M-E-R-K-L-O. But all my social is Mike's at Mike Smirklow. And again, the website is Mike Smirklow.com.
0: Perfect. So if you got anything out of today's episode, which I know you did share your 15 second favorite nugget tag, Mike tag me. I always love to hear what resonates and you guys. Thanks for hanging out today, Mike. Thanks again for taking time to be here. Um, loved chatting with you, loved picking your brain and I am literally getting off the podcast and going to get your book so I can dig in.
2: Great. Thanks for having me. I really loved it.
0: You bet. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week.